Welcome to the Life in Deep Ellum podcast, exploring the sacred in art, faith, and community. So what color is this psalm that you heard me read? You don't have to answer out loud, but I want you to see what comes up for you. Do you see a cool tone color? Do you see a bright color? Do you see green? I'll tell you what I see. I see purple. I see purple when I hear this psalm. I see purple because purple seems to be familiar with both the pain and the party of life. The celebration and the sorrow. Purple can be glittery and fun, but it can also be deep and heavy. And this purpley space is where the psalmist finds themselves oscillating back and forth between total grief and a glimmer of hope. The heartbeat of the psalm that we heard is the refrain, the baseline, if you will, is the phrase, why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? See, the psalmist is having a dynamic conversation with God and with their own soul. This is so important, and I want you to remember this. The psalmist rotates between speaking directly to God and directly to their own soul. We know this because they speak to both of them by saying, you. You, O God, in verse 1. But when they are pouring out their soul, they call out to the soul as well, saying in the heartbeat refrain, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? We often see scripture solely as a conversation about God to God. But it's so much more than that. It's also a story, a song, a conversation between humans and their own souls. If one part of that conversation is overlooked, this psalm and our own lives would not be the same. But sometimes we do focus on one part of that conversation more than others. We direct our thoughts and our theologies and our studies to God. We talk about God and we talk to God. But then our soul gets thirsty. And we find ourselves like a thirsty deer in the headlights when the pain comes. Suddenly our theology that has remained in our heads directed to God about God doesn't always align with our lived, embodied, at-the-stream experience. We believe God is in control and has a plan and purpose for our lives. And then the phone call comes. The one from the doctor telling us that cancer might be near. Or the divorce is imminent. Or the grief from losing a loved one 
just doesn't seem to have any relief in sight. Our souls start talking to us. And we need to talk with them too. It takes so much bravery to have a conversation with our soul. Especially when it's hurting. And the psalmist is brave enough to do just that. They face agony and oppression. And they find themselves in longing. Their soul is disquieted is the word the psalmist uses. Do you know what that means? I had to look it up myself, honestly. This is what it means. Alarmed, anxious, disturbed, nervous, tense. Have you ever felt that way? This is such an honest psalm of lament. And our culture doesn't give us a lot of permission for lament. For expressing our pain to God and to each other. But oh, how it is biblical. It is biblical, you see, to say you are disquieted at times. It is biblical to confess that you are thirsty. It is biblical to call out your need for the living God. There's a toxic positivity which affects all of us. And it can make us feel broken or bad or wrong for simply having human feelings that are part of being a human body in this world. There is nothing wrong with you. There is nothing broken. You are beloved in all your grief, in all your rage, in all your frustration and your occasional disquietedness. And you are allowed to be thirsty. To long for something different than what our culture offers us. So what is the deer thirsty for? What are we longing for? Aristotle said a long time ago that the psalmist was longing for happiness. Happiness. Hmm. Aristotle, that stinker who was such a thinker, could only guess that the only thing that philosophy and intellectual virtue could not provide you was happiness. That must have been what the psalmist was after. And goodness, leave it to me on my first Sunday to call out Aristotle, but I'm going to. I think he was wrong. It's so much more than happiness that we're after. It's so much more than happiness that we need. But make no mistake, our whole Christian faith has been shaped by this way of thinking, this paradigm. We've tried to understand God in our minds while our bodies suffer lived realities and they call out for soulful care. And we haven't really had language for this longing. So we call it happiness. I really just need some happiness, God. The psalmist was longing for communion with the living God, which is so much better than happiness. There's no emoji for that. Although what if there was? That would be so fun if we had an emoji for communion with God. But this is what we all really long for. 
We bring the pain and the pleasure of being human to the stream. And like a thirsty deer, we long for water to flow. We long to remember who we were before, as Emily McDowell says, the world got its hands on you. And oh, how the world can get its hands on us. A new friend of mine recently told me that her son used to love the color purple. Remember, I talked about purple. When he was a small boy, he would wear purple all the time. He even loved purple tutus. And then one day, he went to school donning his purple outfit. And some of his peers told him that purple, his favorite color, was a girl color. He did not wear purple anymore after that day. When we come to the stream of God's love, when we confess our longing to be filled, we remember our purple. Purple is the color of womanism, a word coined by Alice Walker, author of The Color Purple, which you may have heard of, the novel and the book. This novel documents the traumas and gradual triumph of Seely, an African-American teenager raised in rural isolation in Georgia, as she comes to resist the self-contempt forced on her by others. She narrates her life through painfully honest letters to God. She writes her own psalms, you could say. She dares to be honest about her purple, precious soul. Even though we all have a shared, lived experience of being human, we come to the stream with different longings, different bodies, different amounts of pain and power and privilege. Some of us have bodies that have been labeled as good. Our white skin is viewed as supreme, as power, as moral virtue. And some of us have bodies like Seely that have known unspeakable trauma. Bodies that have been labeled as bad, as criminal, as unworthy of basic dignity and care. And this, my friends, is why it matters that we have a conversation with our own souls. So that we can see where God is speaking to us and leading us toward liberation, justice, and compassion in our unique God-given bodies that all bear the Imago Dei. We'll need to make peace with ourselves and with each other and remember what is truest about us before the world told us what mattered most about our bodies so that we can celebrate the total truth of those around us. Today we remember, along with Father's Day and me being with you, um, we remember June 19th, 1865, the day that really wasn't so long ago when enslaved Africans learned of their independence. These beloved humans learned that their physical bodies would no longer be enslaved by white Americans. And it is a purpley day, full of both hope and lament, celebration, pride. And yet I imagine it comes with some sorrow and some 
disquietedness. While their thirst for independence was met, this was just the beginning of a fight for true and total freedom. And so we remember, just as the psalmist told us to. We remember who we are and how much we really matter to God. How much all bodies matter and deserve love, respect, and freedom. No body ever deserved to be enslaved. And it is our work now to abolish every belief and system and theology that tries to oppress, contain, or limit the total flourishing of all of us, God's created children. Our purple is calling. And it would be easier to hide behind Democrat blue or Republican red, but I want to see your purple. It would be easier to stick with girly pink or boyish blue. But God's kingdom isn't a gender reveal party with limited categories. I want to see your purple. It would be easier to stick with feminist pink. But I want to see your womanist purple, your true colors, your precious soul. There is an ongoing conversation between us our bodies, and our souls. But there is one more important dynamic in this conversation. It's our ongoing conversation with each other. And this conversation matters so very much. Life in Deep Ellum, if I have the honor of serving as your pastor, I will take that conversation very seriously. Because the truth is, we don't have to do life alone. Yes, this psalmist is alone in speaking, and we can all feel alone at times in our faith, but I want you to hear this part of the psalm. These things I remember. As I pour out my soul, how I went with the throng and led them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of thanksgiving, a multitude-keeping festival. What might happen if we remember this together? Even though I am visiting you here, and there is some pressure, I would think, to be excited, and I'm sure there is some real excitement, I'm also wise enough to know that there is probably some uncertainty, some apprehension, some lingering grief over past disappointments and unmet expectations. And I want you to hear me say, that's okay. I see your purpley hearts and I hold them with love. I have loved you, Lied, before I even knew you really, ever since I read your mission study report in January and learned about your brave story your creativity, your resilience, your willingness to risk it all for a different kind of church. Oh, my love for you began then. And I hold so much hope. I hold both the hope and the uncertainty that this time brings for us. But there is no other community I would rather do this work with. Together, I wonder what might happen if we poured out our souls to God and to each other, learned to listen, loved with abandon, worked for justice like the color red, 
and went on a mission together to make the kingdom of Jesus real in our community. I will pray for you, love your children, learn your pronouns, ask you if you need a snack, and keep challenging you to let your truest colors shine. I will also show you my emerging purple heart and ask that you hold it with care and curiosity and respect. Together, God will lead the way. God will anchor us. After leaving my very first congregation I worked at, one of my dear members, Charles, made me a stained glass heart. He, each square of the heart was a different color. And he spent hours cutting the glass and welding the heart together, square by square by square. And I'll show it to you sometime. But the thing about stained glass is that you think you have seen the best of a color. You think you know exactly what it looks like. You think you know how that color will perform. And then you hold up that stained glass heart to my kitchen window. And the light hits it. And suddenly, everything is different. Suddenly, colors you never expected to shine dazzle you with vib- vibrancy. Lied, let's be a people who view each other and the world right around us through this light of God. In Psalm 43, the psalmist says... I'm going to invite the band to join us back up here. I'm still new, remember, so I don't know when the band comes up, but it's, it's time. It's time, people. Okay. In Psalm 43, the psalmist says, Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, And I will praise you with the harp, O God, my God. But today, I would like to modify this psalm for us. We're just going to change a couple words. And it is my prayer for all of us today. O send out your light and your truth. Let them lead us. Us. Let them bring us to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then we will go to the altar of God, to God our exceeding joy. And we will praise you with many instruments, including the accordion, <laughs> not the harp. Y'all don't give me heart vibes. <laughs> it's okay. I love it. We will praise you, O oh God, because you are our God. Thanks be to God. Amen.